When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In the final pod of the year, there are 10 awards up for grabs. That's right. It's the Pod of Two Halves End of Season Awards Show! End of Season Awards Show. What's going everyone? We are back. We are back with another show. A Pod of Two Halves rises again. The last show before the, well, soon to be annual summer break. I'm here of course with Lee Collard. Hello buddy. I'm here of course with Tom Woods. What's going on fella? And my name is Michael Cardin Edwards. We are today going to go through a very special show, a show of wonderment, a show of debate, a show of, well, hopefully some clashes, a show of clashes. It is, of course, our end-of-year award ceremony. Now, we have 10 rip-roaring categories to fire through, but before we do that, I want to touch quickly on the tournament that is going on at the moment, the Women's World Cup, because there was a talking point from this World Cup so far that I feel needs debating as well. Nigeria played France, and they got a penalty right near the end of the game. Uh, France missed the penalty, hit the post. The referee, or the, the referee was like, that's fine. VAR got involved and said, let's retake that because there was encroachment from the goalkeeper who moved off of her line. The penalty was then retaken, and it was scored. Now, on both occasions, players encroached the box before the penalty was struck. Surely that should have been retaking for that. What do we think? Do we think this is a good decision? Because the goalkeeper was literally... I think the way the rules are written is that you have to have a foot in the vicinity of the, of the line. You have to have a it's foot on the line, actually, yeah. But no, but it's not actually as clear-cut as that, apparently. Really? In the rule I thought, book, I thought it written. said that on the line, that there had to be a foot on it, but I, I, could, I could be wrong on that. I assume that I was, was told, what... I was told this today. I haven't checked the well, rules. Well, they're implementing the new rules that have been set out like in the last in the last. Few way years. to speak up, Lee. Give it some bass, son. You're on, you're on a microphone. Oh, you know... There we go. There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I think you nailed it on the head, mate. Just there. Like, what what I'm a bit worried about is, you know, are, are, is this the way uh, VAR is going to be implemented next year in the Premier League? Because they're they're using it for one thing in terms of, you know, fair enough, the goalkeeper is encroaching off her line. But then, what about the encroachment of the players coming into the box? Why why is that not being picked up? Why is it just that particular moment and not and not yeah. The other infringement, if you will. And that's the thing. There's going to be, like, what? How many infringements do you see in the box every single corner, every single long ball? Well, where does it stop? And I think you raise a good point in terms of where is this going to stop? It's ridiculous, mate. 
I, I think uh, even the French girl look must have been surprised that she was allowed to retake that penalty. It made no sense. Um, there was no complaints from her, was there? No, no, she just missed the penalty and that was it. That was over. But then getting to retake, and don't get me wrong, like she stepped up and waffled the second one top bins. Um, I, I pray that this doesn't happen in the Premier League. This, this would be absolutely ridiculous. Teams losing games because of moments like that. Insane. That's what I'm worried about. We we had a little snapshot of it, didn't we, with uh, the Champions League as well? Like you know, such a big moment with the City Spurs game. Yeah, and in in, in a sense that it, that was almost you know it, that was right, but it, it takes away like the what makes football football. Oh, are we going to turn into a into a unison of robots? Well, that's essentially what's going to become, isn't it? You know, taking the pa- they they banned players from celebrating with fans. They banned players from taking off their shirts. And now they're banning supporters from being emotionally invested in games. Well, we also saw it, didn't we, with the uh, England games, you know, recently, whatever it is, the United Nations League of Friendlies, whatever we're calling it. Good. <laughs> you know, the players are running off, they're celebrating, and, you know, a minute later, you know, oh, we, we, you know, we're checking VAR, two or three minutes later, the final decision's made. And whilst I've got no issue with maybe the time taken, it's... The fact that the players, you know, we'll see it, I think, as the season goes on, that they'll learn not to go off and celebrate. They'll, they'll literally wait, unless it's, like, obviously clear-cut. But, you know, if there's any element of doubt in their mind, whether they're offside, whether, you know, there was, you know, a bit of argy-bargy, he's pushed someone over, that's it. They, 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 won't, they won't celebrate. The worst one for me at the moment is, and again, it's one of those things where you can see where it's coming from, but the delay in calling an offside. Uh, so many uh, dumb it's moments. Frustrating. It's the it's clear ones me. that kill me. The ones where it's like, I can see watching the TV that person is offside, yet we're still playing and we're still playing and still playing. And now the player's got the ball and kind of playing the game. And then like it just seems about 20 minutes later that the, the VAR says that's offside. It's so dumb. The, the application of that is ridiculous. And I think it's been said that what's it going to take for them to review that? Because players could end up getting hurt. You know, last-ditch tackles flying in on players. Uh, who were offside anyway, and the whistle should Mate, have gone. Players can already get hurt if they're having a shot and someone absolutely annihilates them. Because they've shot, it doesn't matter anymore. So we've already <laughs> got enough to fucking well, this deal is one with of your... This is my biggest gripe in all of <laughs> yeah. football. It's one I agree with as well, for the record, Mikey. I think it's fucking dumb. The amount of times you see uh, in the penalty area a player taking a shot and then getting absolutely cleaned out, and the ref's like, well, you had advantage, and now you're dead. But it's definitely not a foul. <laughs> Uh, it's <laughs> no. ridiculous. Um, should we should we crack on? Should, should we crack on to the awards? Um, I, I just quickly, while we're on the Women's World Cup, I just want to say um, the United States, excellent football team. Um, They're cut above. Aren't they, they are cut above. The the intensity that they approach the game with is is much closer to that of what I guess most of us are used to with watching Premier League football. Um, they're going to be an extremely difficult team to stop, and uh, you know I just can't see it. They took the foot off the gas, I think, um, at the weekend uh, after being 3-0 up at the half. But they they, they play a high-press game. Uh, they counter quickly. They look like the better athletes in the tournament. And also, they're deadly from set pieces as well. It doesn't seem there's a weak link within their team. The critical thing is, though, isn't it, is because they turned their, their sport in America, women's side, 
professional way before yeah. we start seeing it in Europe. It just shows what no. money can do to the game. Like you say, Lee, I think that they've been able to be professional for a lot longer, which means that more of these female athletes have taken the opportunity to become professional footballers. Um, and as the FA continues to invest in the game in this country, we'll benefit from it, from having a stronger women's team. We've got a good women's team. I think they've been a bit disappointing so far. They looked a bit flat, especially against Scotland. Um, I didn't. F- they should have walloped Argentina, but the keeper had a... A really good game. Well speaking speaking, one speaking one of, of goalkeepers and women women goalkeepers, she was outstanding on the day. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it just shows that investment in the game does reap rewards. Can I ask a very good question? Uh, your thoughts on the scoreline, the 13 nil Um Are you happy about that or are you against that? I'm not against it. Um, I think that really you're showing uh, respect to your opponents by continuing to play. Um, I think it was a bit weak to be celebrating so wildly at goals 11, 12 and 13. There's a kind of a case of maybe some uh, respect to be shown to your opponents. That they, I mean, they scored five goals in the last 10 minutes. That tells you it all. It was highlighted though, wasn't it, that some of those players that were scoring, it was their first time yeah. that they scored for the country or at World Cup. You know, it's hard not to curb that emotion. Yeah, I, and I can appreciate that, but I, I am surprised that they were going so wild about it. I'm, I'm not going to be one of these people that's going to shit all over them celebrating. Ultimately, like you say, they scored a goal at a World Cup. It's their right to celebrate. Um, and if Thailand found that disrespectful, how about he tried defending? Um, but yeah, I mean, 30... if they'd have got if they'd have gotten in their faces and been like, we, you know, then it, yeah, yeah, it's disrespectful. But they're celebrating. Yeah, but again, yeah. it just highlights as well the the financial. Lack of for, for Thailand, you know, they, you know, if you don't have that implementation from at your level within your country, then when you come to a World Cup and you're playing against, you know, I don't want to say the big boys, they're obviously the big girls, you know, there you go. <laughs> the you know. big girls. <laughs> it sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? It does. Big boys it you? has a different kind of sound. Uh, con- maybe that's yeah. maybe, maybe that just doesn't work in this. In this, I world. don't think it does. Okay. The the elite female footballers. Um, yeah. Thailand didn't have the cojones. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. so right, let's let's get let's get on to the awards. Let's uh, on to the awards. Yes, let's do this. Let's swiftly move on. Yes. Un- unless we want to talk about quickly uh, Paul Pogba. Um, I think it's worth touching on, isn't it, mate? <laughs> what, what are you doing to me? What are you doing to me? I hoped. Hang on a second. I hoped. Right. I'm not lying to you. I was thinking next year. I haven't got to talk about him. He ain't gonna be here. It's gonna be great. I haven't got to talk about Paul Pogba. Right. I don't want to hear about anything to do with the guy. All right, I'm done. Hopefully he goes. Hopefully we don't sign him to a 500 grand a week fucking deal. This is incredible. I I had an argument with a Man United fan on Facebook about this because... (laughs) (laughs) Lee's... So, right, hang on a second. So we've got Woods on there on Twitter winding up anyone good and sunder. And you've got Lee on Facebook just mugging off Man United fans. What was he over you two? Well, he was was reading out the stats. Okay. For Pogba, and his stats do not reflect with the season he had ultimately, which was, I don't know, inept. Is that, is that way you describe his season? Because you know, at time he, he played in spells, didn't he? He did. He played in spells, what, and ultimately, when he was, was when Solskjaer yeah. came in, yeah. that was the big notable spell. And then after that, and before that, obviously with Mourinho, he was saying you build a team around him essentially, and it's like you do not build a team around this guy. He's got can the I, wrong mentality. Can I ask That's how? what I was going with. Can I ask how you build a team around well, him? I'd love for someone to show me how to build a team around Paul Pogba. If you look what Real Madrid did, something like that, I reckon if you put Hazard, Jovic and all these world-class players around Pogba, you'd probably be able to get the most out of him. Um, I think, even in that system, wouldn't you want to get the most out of Hazard? <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I mean, Hazard is a ball-dominant player and I think Pogba wants to be a ball-dominant player, which is why when those two play together next season, it'll be fucking hilarious. Um, Pogba, I completely agree, Lee. I think that Pogba's stats um, mislead you significantly as to what we actually witnessed on the pitch. There was a player that played centre midfield who just walked around constantly, uh, gave the ball away in really dangerous areas and proceeded not to track back and offer any defensive cover. Uh, His offensive numbers are really good. Um, but ultimately he wasn't playing in a 10, he was playing in an 8. And you need more from your players when they're playing that role. Uh, with regards to Pogba, so he's obviously been off on a tour um, in the Far East. Um, and then he's just basically been chatting shit, hasn't he? He's basically, I don't know, how many years he's got left on his deal? Two, three years? I don't know, I think it's two. Probably, probably got a bit of time on that. 290 grand a week deal. And he's like, yeah, um, I feel that it's probably time for me to move on now. Like he's achieved something at Manchester United. Mate, look, but do you know what? Read Lukaku's comments. He's done the exact same thing. What's going on? Like he said, he basically said, you know, I'm ready for a new challenge now. A Is new challenge? Second? How about don't you finish the first that, one? Don't, don't they share that same agent? They Your did. Favourite man. I think Lukaku, the, Lukaku got rid of the pizza man. I think he'll regret that. Really? Yeah, apparently so, which I can't understand because if I was a footballer, don't get me wrong, I'd be getting on the blower to this guy. Like, Mina Riola is going to sort me out, which is what he's managed to do. Uh, he's been... Isn't he earning something ridiculous from these transfers? Yeah, yeah, something, yeah. Like, he can make something like 70 million. Yeah. Or something mad. Well, on the um, Pogba deal initially, he made something like 15 to 20 million because he had a percentage of the fee signed up when he took Pogba to Juve. And obviously, every time his clients get a pay rise, he gets a big chunk of that. So... He, I can't believe it. He's playing everyone. He's playing fucking everyone. He's about to basically... I don't know if he's dangling Delit at PSG for 350 grand a week or in a way to try and get 350 grand out of Barcelona or if he is genuinely advising his 19-year-old superstar centre-half to go play in the fucking French Farmers League instead of going to play for Barcelona. Um, and then you've got Pogba who's chatting shit and he's about to get a fucking 100 grand pay rise. What the fuck? Uh, mate, football, mate, football. What I, the fuck? I have, but I have come to the conclusion that until Manchester United change the board and the Glazers get out of there, I, I, I can't see myself getting excited about anything that as a club we do. To me, I can't see, I can't see it at all. No, to me, the problem is, is that they want to keep their their brand name. You know, the Pogba need did him. You know, the shirt first, sales. Did you know the first thing that uh, the Glazers when when they took over the club? Do you know the first thing they asked David Gill? No. Can we make a profit in a transfer window? Not if you want to be this, this, competitive. This, this, summer, this summer, I reckon we're going to make a profit. In the You're going to make a massive profit, mate. And we made a profit with the Ronaldo money. Oh. And now we're going to make another I mean, this, this is the risk they're playing. And I see a lot of United fans are on board with selling them. And personally, I, you know how I feel about Pogba. I thought when he signed for United, I thought that they'd got a player that's a Ballon d'Or level player. Just what's happened is, is that his mentality has never matched his ability. And there's every chance that he goes to Real Madrid or wherever he goes after this. And his mentality matches more towards that ability. And he may well be a top three player in the world. I don't ever believe he's going to hit those levels at Manchester United because I think he'll just continue to just basically piss around. Um, I think United should... Oh, dude, that's the thing. If, if I was Pogba, I'd leave. Yeah. Why would you stay? Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. Um, I'd sell him for £150 million to Real Madrid um, and then I'd go address and buy players that are available out there and there's some good names. Like You could go buy Tillemann, uh, Fernandez, and... Is it an, an, and Doble from uh, from Leon, who's been linked heavily with Tottenham this week. You know, there's a lot of really good midfield players out there. You could basically field a proper midfield next season. The risk Tottenham, is, 
Sorry. Just say, yeah, they signed one, didn't they, from Swansea? Yeah, I mean, he's a winger. Yeah, James. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much he will play next year. He's a very raw talent. Um, He's probably going to be one of those players that you'll probably see more in the league cup games. He's the Welsh Antonio Valencia, mate. He's fast and he's got a foot. Yes. That's basically what he does. We'll see. I mean, ultimately, I, I think the way, so- I, I think mean, the way Solskjaer's promised. playing it, it looks like he, that's how he's going to go. Mate, I, right, I, I'm just going to talk he's about. Got bleed, he's got to bleed him in, put him, bed him in early, hasn't he? And he's basically next season, mate. We're going to have. They're going to be joined by the likes of Longstaff, right? The issue is, right? I have no issue with like Longstaff. He impressed me last year. I say it many times. He I'm did because we're linked with him, right? Yeah. But like, that's fine. But I genuinely think the likes of Longstaff are going to be our signings. Yeah, That's no, it. and and going back to what you were saying about the the Ronaldo transfer window, this is what I think. You're, I think you're going to sell Lukaku as well. Um, I think you're going to sell Pogba. You're going to make a lot of money there, and there's going to be a lot of money available to go make signings. But I think you're going to end up with a net profit of over a hundred million pounds. But don't worry, because we're going to have Ra- you know Rashford and Lingard. Yeah. What the fuck's going on here, mate? It's, it's unbelievable to me. It's genuinely fucking unbelievable. You know what the most amazing thing is? Is that Lee called it. The dynasty is collapsing. What the fuck is going on? They've been weakened every season. Manchester, on the the show last week, I admitted that was the case. Manchester United are the biggest team in the world. Players should be wanting to play there. What's what's happened at this football club that's completely changed that mentality? I just I just can't get my head around it. I really can't. I'm lost. I'm lost on this. I'm so lost. What Real Madrid are doing this summer is effectively what Manchester United should be doing because they actually earn the money that Real Madrid spend. Yeah, you know this is what yeah, I can't get my head fair. around. But there you go. It, Baffling. Um, just before we go on to the awards, I have one other thing I want to talk about. In the week that we've just had since the last show, both Hazard and Sarri have left Chelsea. Yes. <laughs> I'd be a fool not to bring this up on this show when I have we have the world's biggest Hazard fan and also formerly the world's biggest Sarri fan. Hey, oi, sitting I'm not going to lie, mate. Was he last week? Was he going like, Sari, Sari Bo? I mean, you, what are you going to do with your song now? Sari Bo. <laughs> well, it's going to be Lampard, Lampard Bo. <laughs> Lampsy. Is it going to be Frankie Ball? Frankie Ball, mate, yeah. Uh, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. That would definitely be what will, will be going out there. Hashtag Frankie Ball when he's announced. Um, I mean, start with Sari. Um, I've said third place and the Europa League hide the truth about Chelsea Football Club season. It was a fucking disaster class from January onwards. We're bailed out big time by big moments by Eden Hazard. Um, good luck to him at Juventus, but I'm calling it now. Antonio Conte is going to break that stranglehold of Juventus by winning the Scudetto next year with Inter Milan. Sorry, with that Juventus team that's played uh, this defensive style of football under Allegri, good luck at adapting to Sari ball. Enjoy that. Um, but yeah, fair play, and I, I hold no grudges against him. I hold no grudges. Against, I hold no so grudges. The, the, the main problem with I think the main problem that Sari has is that who's going to be his Jorginho? He can have Jorginho. <laughs> one, of, one of one of your criticism of him though was that fact that he uh, you know his communication yeah. skills. He's not going to have that issue in Italy. No, no, and he can so also the smoke on the touch line as well. He wants. Yeah, can smoke, and at least one he's won something now as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a winner. I mean, ultimately, it, Chelsea have given a him winner. More... He's won one thing in a twenty-year career. We can't call him a winner. He's a, he's a winner now, mate. Uh, he's got that. He's um, he's he's won more than Pochettino. Um... <laughs> Just to let you know, Woods, I messaged uh, Michael privately as soon as I read that message about uh, you hoping. 
Conte is going to rip it up next year because I really hope Sarri fucks fucks him up. Fucks Conte up. So you're the, you're the other side. You know what? We of keep we, we we are tracking this next season. We, we are tracking this. Season, yeah. <laughs> Regarding Eden Hazard, um, I realise that football does a funny thing to people. I am 34 years old this year. Uh, I have a nine month old child, and yet watching Eden Hazard kick kiss that fucking badge broke my fucking heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I'm sitting there and it's like I'm thinking this shouldn't hurt as much as it does, but it really fucking hurts. And I get it. Uh, he's wanted to play for Real Madrid since he was a child. I get it. But it doesn't change the fact that it hurt. And the thing was, I was on a flight back from Frankfurt at the time. So I'm on, a, I'm on the runway at the time and seeing this. And then Daryl <laughs> messaged me going, I'm at Heathrow, mate. And uh, Callum hudson Adoy is just in front of me. Uh, he, he, and he's just basically Instagrammed this. And it was him off to Germany. And I'm like, hang on. What the fuck is going on here? The world is collapsing. Hazard's kissing Real Madrid badges. And Callum hudson Adoy is off to Germany. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? It was straightened out. Obviously, Callum was on his way to a wedding, apparently, this weekend. But... Um, I can't believe that's a disgrace for me. He should be focusing on his recovery. And it was more the, the fact that I was worried he was off for a fucking medical round of round at Bayern <laughs> Munich. Um, yeah, Shh. fuck knows what's going to happen. No, we're gonna, like, I think for this year, more so than any year in a while, I'm quite intrigued to see what happens in the Liga. With, uh, well, I think with Griezmann potentially going to Barca by the noises. Yeah. With Real Madrid spending a boatload of cash. The league is interesting a little bit here. It's heating up a little bit. I mean, I'm really interested to see how it goes together at Real Madrid. They've got a lot of nice pieces in there. Um, Barcelona obviously had a stranglehold there for a while. Um, Atletico as well. They're um, linked with uh, the guy from Benfica, Felix. Felix, yeah. I think that's a really smart signing. They're they're usually pretty smart with these things. So they usually lose their, their star striker and then buy an an adequate replacement. Yeah, and yeah. I think that this guy's highly sort of. I think it's a smart move for Atletico. I also think it's a smart move for Felix as well. I think it's a good move up to play La Liga football in a couple of years' time. Uh, who knows? Barcelona, uh, Manchester United, if they get their house in order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's a smart move for for them. But yeah, it will be intriguing. I mean, the, the thing is, is what's happened, um, and and this is this is what I think's upset United fans the most is that Real Madrid had a bad year. And they spent three hundred million by the start of June to correct it. The thing is, the, the the thing with that, no one in the Premier League has signed anyone. No, it, that is weird. It's been very no transfer window finishes before rest of Europe now as well, doesn't it? I think that I mean ultimately, if you're watching United, our transfer window finishes the day like before the start of the, the season. Start of the season. Like, be, oh, does it like still? The, yeah, yeah, it'll be like August the twelfth or something. Stupid, yeah, right? I, I didn't know if they kind of reverted it back because of issues but um, I know it was last year I didn't know if it had changed it, it, if you want to know why no one's been signed in the Premier League just look at United's negotiations to sign Aaron Wambasaka because it is comical basically they went in with 30 million Palace said 50 so United went back in with 35 plus 15 in kind of um, well non-achievable in, in, oh, right. yeah and they were like no 50 Works on football manager, mate. It does work on football manager. You're right. Maybe that's what Woodward's doing. It's like it works on here. Um, <laughs> just I don't understand. If you want Aaron Wambasaka, just go fucking go pay fifty million. Him. Go and buy the cunt. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, uh, awards. Let's, let, do it. Yeah, Let's crack yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Let's crack on. So, our first award of the evening: signing of the season. Now, the way this is going to work before we get into this is we're going to do like a Room One Hundred and One style style show here. I will read out, read out an award. There is 10 awards, as I've mentioned. Thomas Woods 
will give me his opinion on who the signing of the season in this case has been. Then Lee Collard will make his claim to who he thinks the signing of the season has been. They will try and convince me to give the award to their player. But happily, <laughs> the power... I don't think I'm going to do a lot of convincing. The power is in my hands. I'm just going to look into your eyes. Don't look into my eyes. If I, I have actually filled out these awards myself, so if I have like a fun third option... I may, I may, I may sprinkle that in to see if I can persuade these two to give up their options to come on aboard the good ship, Cardin Edwards. So here we go, signing of the season, Mr. Woods, if you please. There was a couple of guys that I wanted to say. Um, I wanted to say Brooks. I thought eleven and a half million looks like a really, really good bit of business there at Bournemouth, um, and obviously Madison at Leicester, who's been exceptional in his first year in the Premier League, but. It's Alisson at Liverpool for me personally. Um, their biggest hole in their team last year was the clown goalkeeper they had in Carius, who ultimately cost them a European Cup last year. They upgraded big time with arguably the best goalkeeper in the league this year, arguably, um, in Alisson. And um, lo and behold, they gained 22 points on what they had last year. Um, and also won a European Cup. Now, the only thing that goes against him a bit, I'm arguing against myself now, but he did get to play behind Virgil the Wall Van Dyke, um, and maybe I could play in goal with him in front of me, but I still feel that Alisson, not just from a shot stopping, he was there when he needed to be with shot stopping, but he's also his distribution um, has been key to, to that Liverpool team at moments. Mr Collard? I'm not going to be able to beat that, am I? Well... I've got for a goalkeeper. Alison didn't even make my 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 shortlist. Ooh. I, I went for Fabianski for my goalkeeper. I like it. We, we spoke to we spoke I about like him, it. especially in the latter part of the season and how much better he was than uh, Savy Davy David De Gea. Um, you've got to bear in mind that what what have West Ham had before there? You know they had Joe Hart. <laughs> <laughs> he's come in and he's been a massive upgrade. Like 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 yeah. Alison has been with, on Mignolet. I feel like Fabianski's been that on Joe Hart. Um, so I had him as one of my signings. But I also had Madison as well because obviously yeah. you know, he's been impressive. Yeah, he has been. Um, I've, I've also got a slightly biased shortlist. I've got Luca Digne and, and Richarlison. <laughs> I love it, time. mate. <laughs> now, Richarlison, I have you know, is the highest under-21 goal scorer in the Premier League. Is he really? More than Rashford. That's because Rashford is shit. So I have him. Um, with Luca Digne, like... He's been well. He's been our player of the season. You'll think he was voted the player of the season. Uh, I think four, four goals or three goals, four assists, something like that, which is not a bad attacking no. output. Um, he's been solid. We've been we've had to upgrade or or replace essentially Leighton Baines, who's been aging for the last two or three seasons. Um, so for me, I had Luca Digne as my. As I like it. Eighteen million pounds, and he's been. Excellent. Good bit of business. Really he leads business. like so many stats for the season as well yeah. in terms of all the things he's done. And I think his who scored rating was obscenely high. Yeah, it was. Well. I mean, ultimately, the only, I mean, he was only really beaten out by, I think, uh, well, Chilwell, arguably, better at left-back this year. Arguably. Arguably. That, uh, uh, but, that's just... Uh, whoever's Rob, arguing, you know, they need their eyes. <laughs> the and the obviously Robertson. Yeah, exactly. It's Robertson. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Chilwell's had a good season, um, but yeah, I, I can buy into that. That Dinier's the second best left back in the league. Doesn't convince me. Really? I, I'm I'm with Lee. Okay. I'm all right. Not, I'm not all Fascinating. About it. Um, now the interesting thing in the first category, signing of the season, I actually had down one name, and that means I'm gonna have to go with it. 
because it's the name that Lee had down his. I literally have Luca Dinya down as signing of the season. Hey! Simply, simply because Woods of Van Dyke. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so simply because of that, and I think when you're looking at fullbacks, is like pretty much the most important position on the pitch these days to a degree, and the fact that Everton have managed to replace such a stalwart in Leighton Baines with a guy that didn't cost a great deal of money, and he's basically been fucking incredible for what for what he has been this season. I think it's a banging sign signing under the radar, and it's proven a very good one. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, you won't hear me argue. I think that Dinya at eighteen million pounds has been an exceptional bit of business. Um, does that genuinely Glad mean you knew how much he cost? <laughs> does that genuinely mean that we can put Alisson in room one hundred and one because it would do the rest of the league a favour if we can do? <laughs> I need a room one hundred and one sound effect. I don't have that. Thing. It doesn't exist. Um, okay, on to the worst signing of the season now. Mr. Collard, you can open up your open up with your opening gambit. Um, worst signing. So I've got on my shortlist. I've got Fred, fifty million. Cater, mm. although he might come into another category. Kennedy, from Newcastle, because he was abysmal um, after having a really good loan spell at, uh, the season before yeah. for the last six months. Um, yeah, abysmal. And then I've got the guy from Brighton, Yahambahash. Yeah, Hambash. Yes, the guy that scored a load um, of goals and then scored nothing and assisted zero. Nothing. The goose egg. The man. old goose egg. Yeah. He he is almost the the epitome of of the risk you you go when you buy from the is it the Eredivisie? I think it is. League. Yeah, he's the he's it the Kishman and not the Van Nistelrooy. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you know they spent a lot of money and I think you highlighted it in your thing last mm. week because you had Brighton as your like review, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And they spent a lot of money, and he was a bulk of that. He was a lot of money. He, he was a twenty plus. I think he was he getting near, yeah, near twenty million, million, yeah, in that ballpark, yeah. It's a lot of to money. get so, nothing, yeah. nothing output, nothing, literally zero. It's so bad, zero. It's so maybe bad. he's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's a really good dressing room influence. You could almost <laughs> argue that he cost Chris Hughton his job. He did. No, I think that's completely fair. Big money signing. Didn't do anything. Absolutely. Because even if he scores 10 goals, right? Even if he just... I mean, 10 goals is actually a fair amount. But if, if say he's... No, scored, like five, five goals, five, five goals, assists. Five goals, five assists. You're probably looking at an extra, well, at least five to 10 points kind of thing. He's, and all of a sudden, they're kind of in that Crystal Palace region. Never afraid of getting relegated. And then Chris Hutton probably keeps his job. I think it's a fair fair statement. They spent a lot of money did to get something. Did anyone see this guy ever get a chance, though? Did he ever, like... No, I didn't have a chance to play, but did he? I don't recall him really ever having a shot. That's that's the issue. Every time I watched him on the ball, mate, it was he had no, I don't know, like ability or attacking prowess <laughs> no ability. to him. You know, there was no attacking. Yeah, there was no attacking prowess about him. Everything was like easy, and when he did try to do something, it was woeful. It was lacking quality. So yeah, I'm not actually. Like you've convinced me quite high, highly there. You've done a good job. Let's see what was What's, this what you got. I mean, you could pick any one of the players that Fulham spent their £100 million on. <laughs> um, was it Alfie Mawson? Fucking dreadful. I really oh. thought he was going to be all right as well. I thought he had a half-decent uh, season. That Never buy a centre-half. From a relegated team. There does tend to be like that flag, that red flag, don't buy it. Um, obviously, Seri, uh, Jean-Michel Seri, who have been linked with, I think, Chelsea and Barcelona and big clubs the summer before. £30 million move. Offered fucking nothing, apparently, for Fulham. Um, but I'm going to go with Angiza. Uh, the reason being, he was bought in as a record buy, right? Yep. Um, and he was meant to be the muscle in the middle, the, ten- the tone setter in a team which conceded, what, 80-plus goals? 
What fucking time was he sitting in there? <laughs> He's going to be on 60 grand a week in the championship. Fucking hell, this is obscene. Isn't his fee... If he doesn't tear it up in the, in the championship. Oh, mate. Isn't his fee rumoured to be going up to 30 million? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I think he was actually what, the relegation? record buy. No, like that's how much they, that's much they bought him for. Yeah. Oh, you said going up a point. Like, you know, like potential, like. I, I think he's. The, yeah, I think he was. Well, the most he gets relegated. The fee goes up. <laughs> Relegation <laughs> bonus bomb. Um, but like, you could pick from any of them. They've been dreadful, dreadful. Um, I, I, the the one on Fred. Fred was the obvious one for me. I kind of feel, but I'm going to give him some rope. It's too easy. Yeah, I'm going to give him some rope because I, I don't think he fit into Jose's plans. Um. He's a tiny man that plays in a system where Mourinho likes big men. You know? Good luck. Yes. Um, I, I think that coming from... Um, God, where did he sign from? He's Shakhtar. Shakhtar. South American. Maybe it would have taken a bit of time to acclimatise, although I'm giving like Nguisa no time to acclimatise. But that's because he's got relegated. Um, I kind of feel that I'll give him some rope. There's obviously a talented player there because Man City wanted to sign him. Um, let's see what he can do next year. So who's your pick then? I mean, for me, Angiza. Okay, right. So I want this opportunity to persuade you boys oh, here we to go. take my pick. What's he got? Very simple. Joe Hart. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. Yeah. I can see where you're going they with this. Burnley's season turned around as soon as he got out yeah. of six. Yeah. They were getting relegated with Joe Hart. And, and, and as I also touched upon, you know, what he was doing at West Ham last year. Now, you know, they replaced <laughs> They him. paid money for Joe Hart. That has to be the worst signing. Who the fuck paid money for Joe Hart? When you've also got two uh, England goalkeepers as well. When you That's mental. Blight, they, were, they were injured, I think, at the beginning of the season, weren't they? I don't care. Find someone else. Play Ashley Barnes in goal. <laughs> but while we're on Joe Hart, I mean, Mikey, you sent a picture. Oh, what man. has he done? Is that real? Has he really tattooed that on his body? That's on his, that's on his Instagram. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's he done? What's he done? Have you Fill not, me in. Go and get your phone. So Joe Hart has go got himself Instagram. a tattoo. Right? Go, go, just go onto the WhatsApp group. I put I put pictures on there uh, to the point where football, like the, um, some loads of well-known sports accounts, are like uh, Joe Hart's just done this, and like even Football Three Six Five have gone. That looks shit. Oh, that that was him. That's Joe Hart. Yeah, you can see from this angle. There's his head. I don't Thank get you. what he's done. He's he's basically tried to get armor tattooed onto himself. That's that looks like the worst cover-up tattoo of all time. Apart from it's not a cover-up tattoo, is it? It's what he asked for. It's insane. Oh. I mean, that's peak so how, Joe Hart how, for that it? reason. For that tattoo alone, you know, it's almost it's almost swayed me. Are, are you swayed? That's the oh. question. The only thing I would say is that it was only four million, and they did stay up. If, right, if you're not swayed, then I'll go with one of yours. Okay. Who did you say again, Lee? Yapahan Kahash. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to keep repeating it? Maybe we just go for Angiza. I'm going to go for Angiza. I'm going to go for Angiza. I can say that. And also, you know. <laughs> he actually did get relegated. He did get relegated. Yeah. Um, and as you said, I enjoyed the analogy of setting the tone. The tone setter <laughs> of a relegated team. That was team. quite okay. funny. Yeah. That was quite funny. Okay, we'll go for Angiza. Okay. The next one on this miraculous list. Surprise of the season. That's right. Not like a, ah, surprise, but a delightful surprise of the season, which has happened. Who went first last time? So, Woods, talk to me. Home bias here, mate. Uh, Chelsea finishing third. I have, I did not see this coming. We were the sixth best team for the second half of the season. And somehow Chelsea have managed to find themselves in third place ahead of Tottenham Hotspurs, who were in a title race in February. I don't understand how this happened. 
I don't. I mean, I, the only thing that I can conclude is that Eden Hazard is one hell of a footballer. Do you know? What, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm looking at my one, thinking, yeah, I'm with Woods now on that one. Um, yeah, uh, my one was Wolves, but I think I was probably one of the few people in Britain that actually thought they were going to struggle this year. Um, <laughs> so, whether it's a surprise to many people, it's just a surprise to me. So it'd probably be difficult to argue with you, Michael, and that's why I feel like maybe... And I remember thinking, you know, especially like around sort of February time, Chelsea were fucked, weren't they? they were was like, we're getting, where, we where were getting going, spanked right? by Bournemouth and City. And I was like, yeah, so to be honest, I didn't consider Chelsea, so I think this alone, I'm, I'm, I'm swayed by Woods. I have to be swayed by Woods as well in that case. Um, I had one that was more of a joke answer. Yeah, you go. Because I wanted to mention this man. Uh, not this man, but the man he plays with. But... Um, Perez's form at the end of the season for Newcastle he turned into a football. Oh, yeah, he did. I've been he? watching yeah. Perez play for, for years. I've never seen it. Never convinced, I no. Never convinced, and all of a sudden he looked lethal. Um, and I would like to just say one thing about the man he has to thank. It's not Rafa Benitez, it's big Solomon Rondon, who. Did, was he a, could he be a signing? He could have been a signing in the season. He could have he's, been. He's definitely freebie of the season yeah. in terms of he was on a loan. He was on a loan. So it's cost nothing. Yeah, he deserved a shout out actually for his his performances. Uh, focal point of a team which ultimately came really good in the second half of the season as well. Newcastle. Thanks to he did feature Ron. as well for the first couple of months if I remember right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can't argue that Chelsea are. Considering what was going on, the, su- the surprise of the season. Yeah, sure. chucking the Europa League as well. I don't know if you mentioned that. No, I, I focus in on the third place. Essentially, mate, yeah. you, you you qualified for the Champions League twice. Yes. Um, Do you know what I mean? And I, don't, I, I didn't expect... At one point, I was looking at it and thinking, right, so we're going to finish outside the top four, so we have to win the Europa League. And I was looking at Arsenal and I'm thinking, they've got two really good strikers and all Emre's done in his career is won the Europa League. And somehow we've managed to basically overachieve on both of those, which is a sad state of affairs when I'm saying that Chelsea overachieved to finish third and win the Europa League. Roll on next season. Get used to it, buddy. Roll on next Get season. Um, from the surprise of the season to the disappointment of the season, Mr. Collard, <laughs> who you got? Disappointment, hey? Um, I mentioned him last week, uh, Ryan Sessegnon. He's made my shortlist. Um, Cater mainly because Woods called him a baller and you know I said he'd be the best midfielder I said he'd be the best midfielder so I had not known too much about him Uh, I was really looking forward to him Um, I had Fulham yep massive disappointment obviously I went for the opposite with uh, with Wolves thinking that they were going to be the ones probably finishing seventh which obviously didn't happen um I've also got my last one on the shortlist was Jorginho. I knew it. I knew, now, I knew he'd appear on one of these. This, this is a little bit of bait for Woods, but he has been a disappointment. Massive disappointment. Um, you know, he was meant to be, uh, you know, part of the implementing Sari ball. And all I remember him is getting skinned by, by Son in, the, in, the, uh, in that game against Spurs at Wembley. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, that was probably his low light of the season. Mm. I've, you, just seen t- you, I've seen too many passes from him. Which just go out of play, and it's like, yeah, I've, yeah. Jorginho but, is but, high up. But Jorginho is just a little bit of bait. He he doesn't make it for me. It is Fulham. They spent a lot of money. Um, they had Ryan Sessegnon, who I mentioned as you know just a disappointment in itself. Um, big up and coming player from the Championship, young, even almost kind of you know, like rumored for the uh, for the England squad last year. You know, yeah, his performance in the, in yeah, the he was very and close, wasn't he? He's part of a very disappointing Fulham team. Very disappointing, you know. 100 million plus spent relegation way before the end of the season. 
three managers, was it? Well, that's the thing I was going to say. One of the disappointing things, one of the biggest disappointing things from Fulham from my end was that they went to Ranieri. What are yeah. you doing? That's disappointing. There was no sense. An appalling season. What's their and, and I also watched them get, uh, beat my team at Craven Cottage. <laughs> it's Fulham. What? It's simply Fulham. Um, what a fucking disaster class. You spend £100 million on on good players on paper and you find yourself relegated by, was it, end of March? End of March. That's yeah. obscene. That is so bad. It's so bad. Um, I think really the catalyst for it was... Uh, Buying shiny nice things um, and not actually thinking about you know who's going to be doing any of the defensive work. Um, a manager in uh, Jokanovic who found himself uh, out of his depth very quickly. I think he picked eleven different defend, uh, defenses in his first eleven games, which obviously didn't help settle the team at all. The mad appointment of Claudio Ranieri when you need to stay in the fucking Premier League. Um, all of these things. Madness. Especially when you had a goal scorer. And Mitrovic. I don't get this. All you had to do was basically be half decent defensively. You would have stayed in the league. Ridiculous. Yeah, massive disappointment. We must have argued this for you. I had Fulham down. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely perfectly... Resounding. Cr- a perfectly cromulent result there. That's weird. Do you know it's not even a word? No. <laughs> it's, it's from The Simpsons. Love uh, it. Anyway. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr Burns, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, we go from the disappointment of the season to the moment of the season. Who's leading us through this one? Is it Woods? I think it's me, Woods. yeah. So let me set the tone. It's, um, it's Monday night. We're all starting to get a bit panicky. Uh, Liverpool are currently top of the Premier League. We're all sitting on our sofas. Leicester are controlling the game. They don't look under any threat. When all of a sudden, big Vinny K steps up with a 25-yard howitzer into the top corner, saving us all, saving us all from the, the, the just basically the end of civilization as we know it. Um, yeah, simply Vinny Company's most lasting moment will no longer be that header against Manchester United, which won in the league back when. I don't, I won't remember that anymore. It will be this moment because it was the most surprising goal of the season. What a sweet hit! What a sweet hit! What a way for him to go out as well. Wonderful, yeah. That. Okay. Are we basing this on the Premier League, by the way, or just the English league and season in general? I mean, you can say whatever you want, but if, if it's if it is anything to do with Lucas Moura scoring in the ninety fifth minute, you ain't having it. No, it's uh, it's Kepa, mate. A <laughs> good man, Kepa, <laughs> deciding not to uh, to be substituted in a League Cup final and mugging off his manager I'm, in the I'm process. The boss mate. Now. That was a moment. That was George drop. What what was going on here? What why is he not going off? Um, obviously, the complete opposite to the you know the angle you've gone with was. I appreciate that company was. It I'm was, not lying it was you a did. great moment. You're gonna have to convince me here, Lee. <laughs> Can, like, come on, mate. The incredulous of the audacity not to obey by your manager's decision to take you off, and then and then fuzz. You know, it's right at the end of the game. The manager is like, you know, he, he by this point, you know, he he's walked out of the stadium. He literally walked out. He, he was walking out of the stadium. That's how much it got to him. You know, he tried taking his top off, if I remember rightly. It was, it was embarrassing, mate. And it was, it was an embarrassing moment. It was a, oh my God moment. What are you doing? It, for me, yeah. So you've gone more, so yours is more shock value. Yeah, mine's more like shock moment. Yeah. 
And yours and was uh, yours is about what? Just, wow. just joy and wow, right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it was, it was as shocking as as Kepa going ain't coming off me. Uh, Vincent Company scored a twenty five yard screamer to win the Premier League. I don't, I don't, I don't think that I could see anything other than that one moment. Okay, fair enough. My final point, just on this. So he stays on the pitch. He's fucking shit in the shootout. Caballero. He's a fucking Okay, penalty, okay. You know, I'm shot. going to argue against this because he won two shootouts this season, Kepper. Yeah, but he was shitting that He one. won two shootouts this season, though. The one that he's decided to stay on the pitch. It's because the manager had basically taken his focus away with his fucking theatrics on the touchline. <laughs> the, the manager's taken oh, yeah, his yeah, focus yeah. away. I think there, there should be no focus to take away, mate. He should be off the pitch. By all accounts, the, the story that goes into this is, is that oh, there's, there's another coach on the field that basically knee-jerk to say he had to come off before he'd heard from the physios. The physio said he's fine, but the problem was is that the goalkeeping coach, who has now lost his job, uh, told sorry that he needed to take him off. <laughs> he's going to argue it's for the cows combo, mate, but... The coach yeah. isn't getting a basket full of rubles this month, is he? <laughs> um, the issue is, is that on my, on, my, on my device here, I've written down company's goal. And I'm going to have to go with it because ah. I think in five years' time, the Kepa thing is a... It'll be, the, the Kepa thing will appear on, like, you know, you get the top 100 moments, explosive moments in football, and it will be, like, you know, 58. Companies, companies like, as you said, the howitzer into the top corner to save us from having Liverpool winning the league will live with me for far longer. You know what I mean? I'm disappointed, but it, that will be in decision. the top five Premier League moments on countdowns. It will be like the Aguero. Thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know. obviously it's not as good as the Aguero moment. Nothing, yeah. it, nothing will ever beat that moment, um, and it sucks that City got that moment. But yeah, basically, from, from you know, from a personal point of view, I mean, I, I appreciate that moment because, as, as you said, we needed that because otherwise, you know, Liverpool probably go. Well, yeah, you could you could argue that we've gone on to win the title. Were there any other moments that you had considered? No. Simply no. <laughs> Simply no, mate. Laser focus. I've got, I've got two, obviously relating to the title race and the, and the City Liverpool games. You know, with the Maras missing the penalty yes. and then Stones clearance. The clearance, yes. Yeah, that was a mad clearance. They, they, they were big moments. That was a great, but, great clearance. Yes, and that was ultimately the title clinching clearance, no less. So, yeah. Okay, let's move on to goal of the season, Mr. Collard. Mr. Collard. It's funny because I've got number one as company. It's <laughs> 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 not moment of the season. <laughs> so it's not moment of the season, but it's gold of the Come season. Come on, mate. What's going on here? Um, I, know, I, know, I know where you're going with this one. He's my number two. So my, my short list, I've, I've gone for three here. I've got company as number one. Yep. Yep. Obviously, the goal we just discussed. Uh, Scherler for Fulham oh, against Burnley. Yeah. That's my, just, just for complete disclosure here, Woods. Uh, Lee knows that's my favourite goal this season already. Oh, really? And my third one was Townsend. I think that actually won the I award. think it did win it, yeah. I think it did. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful hit, straight, clean, beautiful. Um, you could argue maybe he's just, you know, he's had a lash at it. Um, Shirley's got beautiful technique, beautiful technique with the chest and the, the caressed volley off uh, the bar. Uh, exactly, the aesthetic of it going off the bar. Ooh. It is beautiful. Um, and then obviously we've got company because it was quite a big moment. But not the biggest moment. <laughs> no. Um, the fact is, it's a, a centre back, not renowned for you know for scoring like that, and is you know. So what I would argue there, sorry Woods, I know important. I, I want to get my word in there. 
So you're saying that uh, you know it could be argued that Townsend's was just a whack, it could be argued that Company's was just a whack, and yet you have said that Scherler's very nice technique. It was be- it was beautiful. It is, you know, as you said, it's aesthetically pleasing on the eye. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to stick with Company. Grandwoods. Um, it's funny enough, I, I've got a different taste in goals. I think. Um, Aaron, I bet yours is Ramsey. Aaron right? Ramsey, Ramsey against Fulham. I, it was just a fucking wonderful, wonderful team goal. Flicks the tricks. The finish so at the end, really, because when we play Provo, he does <laughs> a nice little, little simple, you know, passing move, and then just a little dinking, you know, and then a little nice little caress finish, you know, with a little heel. No, no. No, mate, but... That, but yeah, yeah, he says he has a different style of, of goals to, compared to us. Yeah, I, 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 I just thought it's a wonderful movement. Um, the only thing that goes against it, I think they were already a couple up at the time. So it was a proper show goal. Um, against Fulham as well? To Fulham as well. The other yeah. one that sticks in my mind, and, and again, this is going to be a homer one, but Eden Hazard's goal against West Ham, he, he is the only player that's capable of scoring that goal. True. Um, which sets it apart from uh, Townsend for me because it's an unreal strike, no doubt. Um, but I just can't help but feel it's like they happen. Uh, but to, the close control and uh, the thought to be able to do what Eden Hazard did is is unworldly. Um, and it, it's just only specific people can do it. I think kind of you'd argue that Leo, you know, Messi could probably score that goal with his close control and Eden Hazard would be the other one. Uh, if I was to choose one or the other, it's difficult because I do love that West Ham goal. But um, I will say Ramsey just because it was just obscene to watch. Uh, but I, I I can understand. We've seen Arsenal score a better goal like that though, haven't we? With Wilshire against Norwich. I always felt that was a little bit fortunate that one. Yeah. No, I'm being serious. I always kind of felt that there was a fortunate touch in there, uh, which was fortunate to make it. I kind of felt with this one that was a little bit more deliberate. Um, also, length of the field as well. The the move was the length of the pitch to go from one end to the other. Um, and Ramsey's. I, I agree with you, by the way. There's a touch in that um, Wiltshire goal, which always... It's one of the ones where it's slightly behind, I think, Giroud. Giroud, yeah. And it just, like... I don't know. I feel like it could have gone anywhere. Yeah, and it, it, it did go back to Wiltshire. I'm pretty sure it did. Um, but mm. Ramsey obviously commenced the move and finished it delightfully as well. Um, but, I, I, you know, the thing with, with goals, I guess it's one of those things that's subjective, which is part of the beauty oh, of football, completely. isn't it? So I, I, I doubt we could ever properly agree but you know I, I struggle to disagree with the Sherlock one I, 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 I'm still not sure how he managed to hit the ball like that that's the thing with it I watch it and I don't see the trajectory being able to do that that's so why almost I, the ball bounces up too high and then he's got to get on top yeah of it. I can't quite get my head around quick it quick motion of chesting it down bubble rising hitting it and keeping it kind of arrowed yeah I, I, I caressed and spinny I think you could give a player that chance from Scherler and he misses it a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's obscenely difficult to do what he did. And there's a goalkeeper in goal as well, let's not forget, and he's on the angle. Mm. Uh, but no, look, obviously that, that, that goal is out of the equation here because I don't think I can convince you two that that's the I mean, you could convince me. I, I, I prefer that one to the Townsend and the, and the company one. Yeah, and I prefer that to the Ramsey. So we're going to go with Scherler? We're going to go with Scherler. Yeah. Scherler's so the one season, my number two. So the one thing Fulham did right this season was, was sign Andre Scherler for that one thing he that did one that moment. one time. <laughs> I like Andre Scherler as well. I, I always liked him at Chelsea. Um, I kind of feel that his career path would have been better off staying as a super sub at Chelsea, but Jose Mourinho fell out with him um, after he came on against Man City at the Etihad and 
was lazy in his tracking, which resulted in Frank Lampard scoring an equaliser. And at that point, he was dead to Jose. <laughs> ah, Jose, what will you do next? Um, the next one, emerging player of the season. Mr Woods. Um, there's a few players that instantly come to mind. I think Brooks at, at Bournemouth has been... We did not. I did not see this coming at all. Uh, I didn't know anything about him when he first came up, um, and there, there were some wonderful moments with him, especially when Bournemouth were in full flight. Um, obviously, Madison at, at Norwich, who uh, oh, sorry at Norwich, <laughs> from Norwich to Leicester, we're desperate to see him get a chance at England. Um, I think Lee's probably had a fair point last week when he said it's probably more to do with the fact that there's a Twenty Ones tournament um, and get those competition minutes under his belt this this summer um personally at Chelsea um obviously Callum getting his break great but I thought that Ruben Loftus-Cheek had an exceptional end to the season um and then robbed of it all because of a meaningless friendly where he's ruptured his Achilles but if I was to go with one um and leaving my bias aside I do think Ruben was unworldly when I've watched him and obviously watched a lot more of him than I did of Brooks and Madison just with Ruben, though, surely that his breakthrough season was last year. Uh, arguably, yeah. Um, and maybe that, that would be it. Um, for me, personally, I think that he went from being that level to a top-level player. Um, he was, at times, even with Eden Hazard, the best player on the pitch. And that's, that's obviously partly due to the fact that Hazard will fade in and fade out of games at times. Um, if I'm going to have to pick one, it's between those three... I will go with Madison. I kind of feel that he's he's kind of went over the entire season, you know, as opposed to Ruben, who ultimately is due to injuries and finally getting his opportunity at the end of the season. And I feel that Brooks shone bright in moments, much like Bournemouth did. I think that Madison was able to maintain a level of consistency uh, to the extent that he's obviously been linked with some big money moves this summer uh, to some of the big boy clubs. Uh, I I do think it will do him well to stay another year. Um, a year under Brendan Rodgers won't be a bad No, thing. absolutely not. Um, I think, uh, isn't he the guy, didn't he create more chances from open play than I think that's right, yeah. Stupid like that. Lee? Well, I have Madison and Brooks on my shortlist, um, but my player, who was, didn't actually mention at all, was uh, Wan-Bissaka. Fair. Um, I, Fair. I think this was his breakthrough season. Um, there's, you know, we mentioned it, you know, with Man United, should be coughing up the money for him. He was Mr. Dependable. He was solid. I think he played pretty much all the games bar think one or two from when he was suspended um yeah for, for me he's he's for me he's been the emerging player of the year so i have a player that isn't neither None of you of these mentioned players. uh i had madison down um the other guy i have was declan rice um it's a good shout yeah it's a good shout and i think to be honest i think you could throw a blanket over a few of these they're all kind of... They all fit into that. Um, yeah. They all do kind of fit into the same category a little bit. I think I'm going to discount... Sorry, Woods. I'm going to discount Ruben okay. because for me, his emerging season was last year, whilst not at Chelsea. Um, and I think this year, yes, he's been very, very good. But again, it's not... It's at the end I, and the year, I completely agree with that. That's fine. Um, and, and Sarri didn't really play him that much. He, he didn't. Took a little. took a little while for him to get in the actual team. There was injury issues there as much as other things. I think that obviously Barkley started a lot of games ahead of Ruben early, which I've... I think a lot of Chelsea fans grew frustrated about. That's what. Well, you look at it. I this mean, is the big concern with him as well, isn't there? You know, the injuries seem a little bit injury he's prone. He's a big. It's, it's annoying because yeah. he's yeah, he's a big athletic. You're going to say big boy, isn't yeah. he? And um, sometimes that I guess with that bigger frame and being so dynamic, it can risk injuries. And it's going to be 
concerning, I'll say as a Chelsea fan, how he returns from an Achilles injury being that size. So we have Juan Bissaka, and who was yours, Woods? Madison. Madison. I'm going to have to go with Madison. Um, Juan Bissaka has been exceptional, um, and I certainly hadn't heard of him beforehand, essentially, which is kind of the criteria needed for a breakout. But with James Madison, I think he's... He's turned into a player that's probably worth forty plus million pounds of the back yeah, of the season. Yeah, and Wambasaka's fifty million. Oh yeah, I know that, but like Madison is. Um, there's something very nice about an Eng- like an English number ten. Do you know what I mean? A flamboyant player that's got some. He's nice on the eye. He's easy. He's on got the eye. very. He's nice on the eye. He's got good set beast delivery as well. He's. I, I've I've enjoyed watching him this year. Uh, that's what I will say, and I think for me that kind of edges it a little bit. Um, and also, Palace haven't exactly been incredible this season, either. No, true. Um, poor home I think team. him and Zaha are the shining lights. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Sure. But then the, the, the issue with Crystal Palace has always been when Zaha doesn't turn up. No one does. Yeah. No one does. You know? More responsibility for Wamba Saka. She <laughs> took on, took on board. Shame. Okay, we're now we're now getting into the home stretch. We've got manager of the season. Is this Lee? This is Clock. Lee. Yes. On my shortlist, I have Guardiola, Javi Garcia, and Klopp, and I've gone with Klopp. Um, I know I don't know if we're basing this purely on just the Premier League because obviously I've, I've took into account the fact that he's won a Champions League. He's uh, got the most points ever for, for Liverpool. Obviously, the most points you know for second. We've said it all before. Um, whilst not always easy on the ice, shall we say, with some of their football, I think maybe. And I know you this you argue this a lot, but you know the fact that they were winning games and not playing pretty all the time. But at the same time, they did have players that were stepping up, scoring lots. Mane, Salah, Salah obviously not as much as last year, but collectively as a team. And the way he comes across, he, he, for me, he's just a manager that I would. You know, I'm obviously I'm not professional, but I would love to play for this guy. You know, the the charisma. You feel like you know when he needs to be strict, he'll be fucking strict. And when he needs to be easygoing, you can have that with him. You know, there's a, a natural element of just being a normal human being. Um, and for that, I appreciate. And, uh, yeah, it's difficult when he's obviously the rival of his manager of your biggest rivals. And you can't help but love him. It's heartbreaking, mate. It's heartbreaking. As well. I, I do generally quite like the guy. Um, and his achievements this year are blight, obviously, only a second place. But, like I said, most points and a Champions League. I said it last week, I think Liverpool on the way up. So for me, it was Klopp. Mr. Woods. Maurizio Sarri. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's Jürgen Klopp. 22 extra points this year. Um, finally got the monkey off his back as well with, with losing all those finals. Um, everything Lee said. It's, it is him. Pep's obviously been exceptional. Um, to follow 100 points with 98, to have such an extended winning run, and a domestic treble. And a do- yeah, and a domestic treble. The, the issue with the domestic treble, and it, uh, it will only be that for in re- you know recency bias in terms of just looking at the run they had, right? They played hot garbage the way through. Um, so, you know, I, I could have probably won a domestic treble had I played the trash that they were playing. Um, the, the thing with Klopp that I like the most is the fact that he gets the most out of... Like, whereas Guardiola has gone in and gone, I need 50 million for a new fullback. He's like... Klopp's doing this with like Robertson yeah. he's done it with youth players like Alexander-Arnold as well yes he's bought big 
but he's bought smart. He, has, he hasn't yeah. bought extravagantly for the sake of no. it. Much you could argue Guardiola did that with say a Mahrez. Mahrez, yeah, exactly. That was a vanity buy um, to basically sit him on the bench all season, and uh, he, he did score a goal on the final day of the season to <laughs> validate that sixty million pounds. Um, yeah, it, it just like you say, Mikey, it, where Pep spent one hundred fifty million on fullbacks, Klopp spent eight. And has fullbacks that had fourteen and thirteen assists, respectively. It's Klopp, by the way. It's yeah, Klopp. Yeah. Um, no argument. And I don't no want to argument. shit on Pep, by the way. He's he's unbelievable. Um, being able to maintain that, I'm, I'm fascinated to see if they go again. This is the thing with him. He's almost set his standards so high. You it just becomes the norm. Yeah. And we, we kind of expected that we've seen it at Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and now we've seen it at Man City. You're kind of almost you're just waiting for it to happen. Kloppo set his, his level now as well. It's, it's, it's at least 90 plus points. And if he doesn't hit that target, it's a failure next year. And that's going to be tough because because where Pep's obviously had, he's had a harder season because he had to replicate something that was ridiculous 100 points. He got 98. That's still obscene. Um, can Klopp back 97 with another high 90 season, which is what it will take to win the league this year? Oh, next season even. And he also has to go far in the cup as well. He has to. Yeah. Klopp now has to as the, the, as the defending that's his, that's champions. His next thing. Yes, yeah, so you know he has to. The domestic trophies. It can't just be a one and done. He has to then now do this again consistently. Yeah, It'll be a fascinating season for them. Um, we're on to team of the year. We're going to go through so, player by player. I think the way to do this. What formation are you? Going uh, to play? Four three three. Basically, I'm just going to say mine is the start, the, the one that's won the Premier League 11, you know, the one that was announced by two players. Is it 4 3 3? It's a 4 3 3. Lee, what have you four, done? 4 1 3 1. What? 4 1 3 1. Well, yeah. that, that guy's just crossed out. Yeah, and then he's replaced <laughs> there. No, 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 he's not crossed out. That's, that's, that was someone there, and I've written Hazard over the top. See, there you go. A little, little insight there for you. Four, playing one, Mane and Hazard three, on the same one. wing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Mane four, one, three, one. How many players have you got? Hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, eleven here. It's not four, one, three, one formation, mate. What have you done here? That's a player, mate. That's a player. That's a player. That's a player, mate. I've got you're, you're playing four, one, three, two. You moron. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not a formation. <laughs> what is that? Mate, how is it not a formation? You're playing two left wingers. He's playing inside. <laughs> Don't take this as literal. Fabianski's playing fucking left wing in that case. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sh- shall, we, shall we try? Right, who's the goalkeeper? Well, I'll just announce mine. Alisson. Go on. Alisson and Fabianski. Okay. Uh, As argued for my earlier... For this... No, fuck you, Lee. I'm going with I'm going with Alisson here because this has infuriated me beyond belief. Okay. <laughs> how's it infuriated? You asked me how many players I've got. I've, I've evidently got 11 one, players. Three, one. Right. Who are your fullbacks? Uh, Trent. That right back. Maybe I meant four one three one one. There you go. That's why I missed the one. Robertson at left back. Yes. Exactly. Centre halves. Virgil and Laporte. Correct. Yes. Perfect. We're all looking good so far. <laughs> right. 
give me a midfield four or give me your midfielders. Would um, like three. Of them. I, I struggled a bit with this actually. Um, Bernardo Silva, um, easy name to put on there. Exceptional. Um, then trying to find the player that was playing more in that defensive role. Um, Fernandinho would be an option, but I kind of feel even in his limited time, we only really saw him for half a season. I thought Fabinho was fucking wonderful. I, I really did. He, if out of the Liverpool players, he was the one that I was always looking at, going, "I really wish he was in our team." Um, he he's a tone setter. That bastard's a tone setter. You ain't going past him. Uh, so Fabinho was on there, um, and then I actually haven't decided on the other player. So if Leeds tells me his, and I'll nod my head to one of them. Well, Hazard. So I'm sure you in, love in centre midfield. Okay. Oh, in centre midfield. No, I got Fernandinho. You got Fernandinho. Yeah. And. I'm playing Bernardo Silva as well. So you got two in the middle. More attacking. No, he's got. So basically, what Lee's done, he's done the old Provo formation. He's got Fernandinho sitting, and then he's got six players, so five <laughs> players in front of him that are all basically trying to play up front. It is difficult to think of another centre midfielder that's played exceptionally Why well. Why do we have to have a set, strict formation? Why can't we just have a bunch of players that we like, that we think are being really good? Uh, what I, Why is that? You know, because otherwise you're limiting yourself. Well, the, 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 Basically, the, the what category we're doing, is... We're, be, we're being England 2006, mate. We've got, like, skulls, but we don't know where to put them. We just have to put them on the left wing. We, we don't know. We can't play free in the middle because we've never done that before in Bro, our lives. The category is team of the year. And I've got a team of the year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's high in my head. Um, I, I, just name the rest of your players, Lee, and then we'll see which one's... Woods has and which ones he doesn't do. Just name them all in one. You've, you've really fucked this. You know that, right? Like, what have you done here? I'm going to take a photo of this afterwards to put this on the internet because what the hell is this? Okay, I've got Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Hazard, Mane and Aguero. Sterling, Hazard, Mane, Salah. No, no Salah. No Salah. Aguero, I miss Bernardo Silva. But I, so you got Bernardo Silva. So I've got Bernardo Silva obviously playing centrally. Um, for, for, the, for the love of actually having a formation, I am going to put Fernandinho in there next to Fabino. Um, I just put arrows everywhere now. That makes no sense. I know that the PFA. Why is Mane going in three different directions? He's going in two. Oh, I know that sorry. the PFA team of the year had Pogba in there. I can't do it. Um, I, no, I, no, I watched him with my own fucking eyes. It's not him. Uh, Fernandinho, Fabino, and um, Bernardo Silva will play centre midfield. My attacking three, because I play a formation, uh, from the left-hand side will be Eden Hazard. In the right-hand side will be Mo Salah. And uh, centrally, uh, I'm going to play Sergio Aguero. Right. I'm, I would take out Fernandinho. Okay. And I want to put in Mane. You want to play Mane in the middle, centrally? Uh, no, you want Fabinho. Fabinho should be the DM. Okay. Right. But I think you need Sterling in there. You need Bernardo Silva in there. You need Mane, Aguero and Hazard. Take Salah So out. Salah out and Fabinho out. So we're playing two semi-fielders and then four up top with Hazard left, Mane right, Sterling in the middle with Aguero. So effectively 4-4-2. That'll four, do. Two. That'll do. There we go. We got there, Lee. I'm not playing your game anymore. <laughs> I'll just wait for the next award. The next award is Player of the Season. It's the big one. It is the big one. Who gets to go first? Is it me? It's you, yes. You're going to shout at me? Or, you know? Well, you can only write down one name, mate. I've got so two names, right. but I've highlighted one. Okay. So I've gone Van Dyke. Okay. 
Me? Do I need, is it, is do it I need me? to justify? Sorry, is it, I mean well, you can you can try. Well, I'll justify. I mean, you know, it goes without saying. You know, he's a, he's been a colossus this year. Uh, you argued with Alisson being probably maybe their key signing, but whilst it happened the season before, it was only for half a season. That, that kind of helped in a way because it embedded him into the team. So when he comes to this season, he was almost not obviously a new signing, but he's starting fresh from the beginning of the season. Um, he seems imperious, like. If if I was an attacking player, when I watch him now and I see someone attacking him, I feel like he's always in control. I feel like he's almost built up this aura about him now that he's you know maybe helped by the media. I don't know, but you know you just, he's so, Ferdinand and Vidic rolled into one exactly, somehow. and you just feel like you know you somehow you're not going to beat him, even if you're the best player. You know, we saw Messi. Go yeah. Did, whilst maybe they're not coming into conflict or contact too much. Maybe that's because Messi knew he weren't going to get the better of him. I don't know. For me, he's he's been imperious all season. He's the reason why Liverpool had a success. Mr. Woods. Eden Hazard. He's the best player to play in the Premier League. He's now gone. 16 goals, 15 assists. Basically carried a team to third place. He was... Honestly, Chelsea were fucking awful this season. Dreadful. Dreadful defensively. Dreadful at fullback. Dreadful in the midfield at times, just passive, passive, passive football. And then Eden Hazard would turn up and he'd just basically make it all right. He's, he, he did things that I don't think any other player could could do. I think um, I think back to moments in the League Cup against Liverpool where he scored that goal and he took a hold of that. He completely humiliated that Liverpool team with, with that goal. Um, he deserves better, which is why, why he's playing for Real Madrid next year instead of us. Um, we, we have massively failed him he has won two league titles um he was still the best player last year i completely understand where you're coming from with virgil van dyke the only thing i'd say against him is, is that he played in the defense which obviously consisted of alisson at the back um the two best but we just talked about but, alisson yeah, this is what i'm gonna say though we we argued alisson because of van dyke mate van dyke for me he he makes that liverpool defense you you've built you literally i, I, I get it i get it but him. he had the two best fullbacks in the league with him he had uh, a midfield which included someone like fabino which basically will, will save you like, when i hear this stat about he hasn't been dribbled past just watch him defend right and i've got no issue with it but he is a retreating defender he doesn't play on the front foot he, he won't go and attack kind of a player he'll always go back towards his own goal because he's confident he can shepherd it because he's such a big unit so he's smart with it but basically what I'm saying is that's clever play no no no, 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 no. I'm not, not arguing against that Lee all I'm saying is take your not being dribbled dribble past statistic <laughs> and shove it up your ass because it means fucking nothing if your player's constantly running towards the touchline you're never going to run past him and it isn't against you it's just basically I keep hearing this fucking make-believe statistic which no one's ever spoken about until Liverpool fans this season um, <laughs> this is true I, I just think that Eden Hazard is the best footballer in the league. Was the best footballer Was. in the league. And he's, um, yeah, as such, that's why I'm saying him. But I can also understand why you're saying Virgil van Dijk. Uh, if you'd have said Raheem Sterling, I would add you on toast, mate. Because Raheem Sterling is a system player at Manchester City. Uh, when you, I do, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with the Sterling assessment. Um, you know, he is built in a system to score tap-ins at the far Exactly. Place. And he does it exceptionally well. I don't want to take that away from him, but when you look at no, when you look at his numbers in terms of passes and except he does nothing else apart from just you know tapping to the back post. But that's how Pep has the system playing. We're not saying obviously that every single one of his goals is a tapping at the that's back post. I think this is really harsh on, on um, the way he's developed as a player over the last few, especially in the last two seasons. Yeah, he's a smart. He's a smart footballer. To improve, he's a smart footballer because you have to be a smart footballer to play in Pep Guardiola's system. 
I'm, I'm not taking that away from him. But the, what I will say is, though, like, that I agree with you around Sterling. I, don't, I think that he is flourishing in a system. To be honest, I think, as you said, Lee, it does take a very, it takes a very committed, dedicated, and intelligent footballer to better do that to better play the way that Guardiola demands. I would say, however, that the likes of Van Dijk benefit from a system. The likes of Robertson and Alexander Arnold benefit from a system. They can literally do whatever they want in that game because the midfield of Liverpool is there to basically plug holes. Yeah, they have a midfield of grafters ready to basically. Prevent a counterattack happening and to prevent people from getting caught out of position. Yeah, you know it's it's you've got Van Dijk there. He's got basically two shielding midfielders in front of him, so no one runs at him. He's got a goalkeeper that will shepherd up anything that goes over his head. So you could say that you could say the exact same thing about Van Dijk. You know he's in a he's in a yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, with uh, I right, if you look with Hazard, he's been there for several years now, hasn't he? Was it seven seasons at um, Chelsea? It was yeah. With Van Dijk, the, I'm just saying this is a one-on-one argument. You know between the two that are up for. The debate here, Van Dijk, he's he's come in recently and he's changed Liverpool, and I think it, I think he was the driving part of that. Whilst you've got Salah scoring the goals up front, you've got Alisson knowing goal. For, for for me, just I don't know. He's like I said, he's just got that aura about him now that when when he's on the pitch, it's almost he, they almost feel like you can't be they can't be beaten. Uh, I think they had the best defensive record as well last year, didn't they? Yeah. Um, do you have any more rebuttals, Woods? I would rather have Eden Hazard in my team than Virgil Van Dyke, and I'd like to. Oh. I'd like to hear if Lee would argue against that one. Yeah, I would. You'd have you'd have Virgil over Eden. Yeah. So you're like looking at Real Madrid, going, "You fucking clowns! What are you doing? You should have bought Virgil Van Dyke, mate." What? What? Twenty, twenty-eight, twenty-nine-year-old Hazard? Then I get a couple of seasons in doing this. <laughs> Van Dyke, you know, he's a few more seasons in him. Um. I have I've reached a decision. Now, on my notes, it says Van Dyke because that's what I voted for. However, I'd like to explain why. Everything Lee said, I agree with him, to be honest with you. Um, I hate playing against Liverpool and I hate seeing it. It drives me mad. With Hazard, even this season, the, 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 the reason why I can't vote for Eden Hazard, as good as he is and as good as he's been this season, even in this season, he went fucking missing. And it fucks me off, right? Top, 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 top players do something every week. It doesn't have to be a goal. doesn't have to be an assist. But I've watched several games this season where Hazard literally done nothing and was subbed around 60, 70 minutes because he literally influenced nothing. You always feel like he, you know, irritates you, me. you reeled off some good stats, Woods, and they are really impressive stats, but you feel like there's, there's more. That's, that's, that's the key with him. Yeah. And more. sadly, that is... That is Eden Hazard. Um, I, I describe him as a flawed superstar. That's my genuine opinion of Eden Hazard. I think that he's he's genuinely one of the most likable people in football. Um, he's obviously wanted to move to Madrid. Tell that to the ball boy he kicked in the ribs. <laughs> I mean, that ball boy is a dick, mate. <laughs> Fucking class A dick. Um, the, the the he's wanted to move to Madrid for a, like a very long time, and in, unlike other players, and he could have quite easily done this, just gone. I want to go and make it public and go, I want to go. I'm done. And he never did. Um, I do. Wait, wait, there's no, there's no doubting that he conducts himself with class. Mm. I, I, that's, but I don't well, think that's he's, what I'm saying is, 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 is that it's that kind of niceness, should I say. He's, he's one of the more likable people. In football. You see a lot of the other stuff away from just talking about him wanting to go to Real Madrid. But um, around the club, he's quite a free, kind of happy spirit. And I think... He's always joking and yeah, laughing. And whereas you kind of get a feeling that 
had he got more of a killer mentality like Cristiano or uh, Leo, that he'd be a much better player. But he's just not been born with that. It's just not in his makeup. And that does keep him back from being the league. That's, that, that's the thing for me. Like, and, that, and that's the reason why, even in a season where he's recorded some pretty good numbers, it's, they should be, it should, we should be talking about 20 goals and 20 assists. Or 25 yeah, yeah. goals and 20 assists. I, I and I'm looking at Van Dijk and he hasn't had those bits where he isn't... Like, no, he's absolutely. Been, he's been so cook, consistent. He's been cooking all year. So consistent. And as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a fan of a team who don't have any centre-halves that are any good whatsoever, the effect that can have is incredible. And I, so I, I'm, I'm afraid, Woods, I'm sorry. I have to go with Van Dijk. I, and I, I will accept that. Um, if, if it was, <laughs> I would have said Van Dijk over the other players. It's just the case that Eden Hazard is you know, a very, very, very special player. I don't, I don't know where he's going. He's just he's coming back. Oh, oh back I see, the, I see. The, the Here we go. Award. This is this is the one, isn't it? So I just got up. I'm sorry. Uh, we have that was the last award of the day until, of course, we get to this award of the day, the final grand prize. So. Our friend Matthew Jackson, Matthew Martholomew Jackson. Actual name. He was giving us some uh, advice. Was that what? Actual name. The oh, third. The, the third. third, yes. Um, he was, we asked him for his opinion on kind of what awards we should have on the show. And actually, he came up with a fair few of them. So well done, Matthew Jackson. However, he did uh, also come up with, a, with, a, with another award. The Matthew Jackson Memorial Award for the Pot of Two Halves Pundit of the Season. And... He, I don't know who he's, who he's chosen because this is the award voted for by him. How has he got his own segment on the show? <laughs> How has this happened? It's classic Jackson, mate. It's all coming year, up Jackson. This, this, this is a man who's going to be on the show. The pudding will guest. I'm just looking now. He's meant to have texted me. Who, guesses, who, who wants to see if he's texted he's, me? Mate, he, he has not texted you. Nah. He says, might need to give me a prompt. Fuck's sake. I told him half an hour. That was like an hour ago. I'm going to text him now. And we're going to wait for his fucking text back on, on the air. Okay? Maybe Rav, we're going to be doing some editing later. Text me now. No, 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 no. We're, we're a free spirit We're going straight show. through, are we? We're a free spirit show. Vamp, vamp. If he doesn't text, we're going to vamp now for the next 30 seconds. Who do you think is going to win oh, the no. Women's World Cup? Wait a second. Can I, can I ring him up and get him Ooh, a voicemail? See if you can do can it. I, can, I, can I do that? Women's World Cup winners, United States. It's got to happen. Yeah. Did you think England got a chance? No, not playing the way they are right now. Uh, Something tells me, right? I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but whilst we're going along with the tournament, everyone seems to be loving Phil Neville. I get a feeling if something goes wrong and we go out of the tournament, suddenly not everyone's going to be feeling pro Phil Neville. And I mean within the England camp. He's a very easy target. Mm. Uh, ring him. <laughs> Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Right, you're literally, this is on speakerphone and you're being plugged right into the microphone right now. I'm live and it's live! (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, we need your vote, mate. Need my vote. Is this for the inaugural Matt Jackson Award? Remembrance Award, sorry. Are you drunk? (laughs) No, not at all. No, I've only just got in. <laughs> that that doesn't mean anything, mate. You could still be drunk if he's just got in. No, I haven't done. I've been working. Still, still could be drunk. <laughs> 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 
thinking, Jesus, what's all this about? Um, no, um, I, yes, I've been thinking long and hard about this, and uh, there's only one real contender, really. I mean, you know, I could talk about his, you know, he's had to have a roller coaster season with his club, following it, the highs, the lows, but really, it's the fact that he's had to listen to the Phil Jagielka saga all year long <laughs> while having to sit there and not comment on it. So my podcast of the year is Michael Cullen. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent news! <laughs> Get him off the fucking phone. Get off, Jackson. <laughs> He's not even well, part of this. He's the host. <laughs> this hey, is the best day ever. I'm glad you brought up actually, Jackson. I'm glad you brought Phil Jagielkarama because he hadn't been mentioned in this pod, but now he has. He has been mentioned. So yet again, we're talking about Phil Jagielka. He's gone. He's gone. No. He literally disappeared. He just hung he up. Announced on us. The, he, he announced it the and board. then left. Jackson, you never so know. You go, Congratulations, Mikey. There we go. I'm pleased. Our, Thank our you elite for panel of one has elected you as <laughs> the podcaster of the year. I think. I think next year we should probably open this up to more people than just Jackson. He's a fucking liability, that boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys and girls, I think that's the show. It is. is it not. It is. It is. Um, we'll be taking a sabbatical over the summer. We will be back. I suppose as the season approaches so we can get in our previews of what lies ahead um, but other than that I mean obviously the opening of the season we're looking forward to hosting Chelsea oh boy yeah May United Chelsea that, that is fun. the show opener isn't it on the Sunday wow literally we're going to have fireworks on the opening day of the season fireworks I tell you but yeah we will be back um, probably I would suggest maybe late July-ish where we'll be talking kind of Previewing essentially what teams have done in the transfer window, what they, where they're potentially going to be in the league next year, what's going to happen basically. We'll do a team by team kind of preview, much like we did last year. And yeah, I mean, I suppose that's everything from me. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Pod of Two Halves. Check us out on Spotify. Give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts and maybe any other podcasting software you use. Give us some likes as well. We have a number now and it's only growing. But yes, that is all from me. And yeah, all well for me. Thank you for, for listening. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you all and a pleasure interacting as well. Yeah, no, thank you for listening. Hopefully it's not been terrible. Um, we've had some constructive feedback. Apparently it shouldn't be so hard on Tottenham because it's not very nice to Tottenham. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll try. And, and by we... Uh, at Everton next year, there'll, there'll be no Jackie Elka talk. No. What we, I mean, we're going to find something. Um, we, we, we're obviously going to spend the off-season perfecting our craft and thinking of new ideas and there's a couple in the in the work stream at the moment Mr. Carlisle's aware we've got a few ideas we've got a few ideas the thing is we've got no Pogba next year either probably so we're fucked for topics I mean I think that Chelsea and Manchester United are both going to give us plenty to talk about again um, car wreck comes to mind it is just a car wreck isn't it a giant car wreck but much like life the show must go on so we will see you very, very soon. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Arrivederci. Sports Social Podcast Network.